Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. There it is. Kicking it off on a Sunday game day edition of Fantasy Sports Today. Excited to be with you on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Mike Blewett, and I'll be here for the next couple of hours along with my trusty cohorts, Scott Engel and Jim Day. Scott Engel, a, a FSWA Hall of Famer, goes by the King. We'll be doing his rankings all throughout the show. Uh, first of all, Scotty, a good Sunday to you. I hope you're having a good week. Yes, I am. I'm ready for another week of football and uh, inaugural FSWA Hall of Famer. No, look at that. I sorry, I, I yeah. did not. I forgot the superlative uh, adjective on that, yeah. but uh, it's still a, a great honor nonetheless. You sure, trip me that blue. <laughs> yeah, I will try not to. I got to mind my p's and yeah. q's for the rest of the show. I'm not off to a good start. So, yeah. um, so Scotty, we got started before we kick it over to Jim. We got started with a game on Thursday night that gave us a lot of fantasy goodness. You know, it was uh, an expected comfortable win for the Patriots, but a little bit of garbage time. And the the one thing that really is obvious is that the Colts are just going to have to, despite the fact that Frank Reich has come out now and said that they cannot sustain this record passing pace, <laughs> they don't really seem to have any other options. They ran the ball. When you look at the numbers, they ran the ball efficiently, but with the defense not able to stop anybody, Luck has to throw his way back into almost every game. Yeah, and he's not throwing deep either. It's you know, it's a lot of it is high percentage passing. You're seeing like fifty, sixty attempts here, and uh, to his credit, depleting receiving core. You know, he's working a lot to Chester Rogers, Eric Ebron, etc. Naheem Hines was definitely in the mix, and uh, I think I think when Robert Turbin has another game under his belt, maybe some Marlon Mack, uh, that'll free Hines up to be more open in the open field. So I would actually trade for Hines during the upcoming week because if they start getting this guy in space, he can make some explosive plays as a flex. Yeah, Jim, we, we ended up getting some good performances out of <clears throat> Eric Ebron, obviously, but we, what complicated what I was just talking about is that they dropped six or seven passes on Locke, too. He had no T.Y. Hilton to go deep as Scott just referenced then he's having to throw the ball short plus they keep dropping passes and it keeps pushing that total up and up and up and up and this is a guy the single most talked about injury in the NFL was his shoulder and now they're overusing it you could argue Carson Wentz's knee as well but uh, his shoulder and now they're using it at a record pace 
Yeah, a big record pace at this point. Two two game totals uh, we haven't seen the likes of in the history of the game uh, with his throwing. But you're right, they have no real rushing attack. I mean, uh, they did average four yards a carry last week, 20 carries, 84 yards total between Hines and Wilkins. But, uh, you know, that was because of a couple of big runs by Wilkins in yeah. this one. So it didn't really pan out the way you expected it to. Uh, it It's just not working out their way. They're, uh, maybe when Marlon Mack comes back, uh, Turbin back, maybe they try and establish more of a running game. But I don't have a lot of faith in any of these guys. And look, this team was uh, this team was shot in the head right from the get go. I mean, they were only able to put forty four active players on the field, yeah. uh, even though they're supposed to have fifty two. It's just they had so many injuries, and then they had more injuries during the game. They they're hurting going forward. Yeah, like Jim said, they could only dress typically. So a team active roster is fifty three. You inactivate seven guys. They had to inactivate nine guys and lost three during the game. So they were playing with a very short roster all throughout that game. So um, and Brady, a couple of hard luck interceptions. Tony Michelle looked good. James White is obviously still valuable. Uh, Gronk, an average night, but nonetheless, he's in the mix with his six for 75 on the seven targets. Uh, and Julian Edelman, uh, a good day at the office. So uh, that's a recap of Thursday night. We really should focus on today's games. I'll kick it off by saying I've been bad about forgetting to mention this. Uh, at least I was last week. Uh, a couple of bye weeks this week, the Bears and the Bucks. So, Scott, obviously last week we had a massive output from the Bears but all that stuff is gone for this week. Trubisky, Cohen, Robinson, Howard wasn't great. Uh, Taylor, Gabriel. So that whole crew is out for the Bears and then the, their opponent last week in the Bucks. Yeah, you know, it's not uh, you know, not some outstanding options to try to replace this week. Uh, Trubisky did have the big week, but I think there's still a lot of skeptical skepticism surrounding him and uh you know a lot of question marks on the box it'll be interesting when they come back from the bye how ronald jones might get worked into the mix so jim the bucks you lose what is going to be the the second or third or fourth jim's james winston era uh i don't know what era we're on right now between his his injuries and his suspensions but nonetheless you lose Jameis for this week uh, and those guys that really did produce in those first couple of weeks in DJX and Mike Evans and uh, what is now likely to be concentrated targets for Cameron Brait with OJ Howard out for a month. Yeah, but I don't know if you really use win- lose Winston. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's not many players out there who are going to start him on an every week basis True. or even close to that uh, very matchup based quarterback. Uh, I still think it was the wrong decision by that team to go away from Fitzpatrick, who was winning games for them and keeping them in games to win. So it, it is what it is. They made the decision. I think they have to live with it. Really hurts D-Jacks going forward because he just was not a target of Winston last year. And like you mentioned, Bray definitely picks up some targets with Winston in there. Sort of hurts O.J. Howard going forward, even when he comes back. Yeah. So uh, as far as bigger news that's concerned this week, it's really all about the injuries. Uh, Earl Thomas is the latest story, uh, but we talked about him being gone for the year. I know he's not typically worry a big concern for fantasy players, but I think it's indicative of the Seattle defense suffering yet another injury and a guy who I think we're going to really have to see how this plays out, Scott, from an NFL standpoint. I mean, fantasy fans are always interested in big NFL stories. We're going to have to see how this plays out for his pending free agency. 
yeah, uh, probably won't be back with the Seahawks. And in, in the meantime, you got to love the Rams as a DFS stack today. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm taking uh, I'm taking the Rams with seven and a half, laying the seven and a half points here. Uh, I just don't think with Seattle with Brian Schottenheimer as their coordinator. Uh, and some issues there are going to be able to keep up with an offense that has scored over 30 points every single week. So you got to take advantage of the matchups here now because now they go from Earl Thomas to second-year player Tedrick Thompson at free agency, and there's a big fall-off. Yeah, so we'll get to all the injuries here in a minute. The last thing I'll preference is weather. Uh, we, we usually go over this right around this time. There's not too much out there. I can see from a report that I printed out, just about an hour ago excuse me we got it's 58 degrees and raining it'll be at game time for jaguars chiefs so i'm not that concerned about that because it's not particularly windy it's not like a thunderstorm scenario but a little bit of wet conditions there the only other one is the game that we're just talking about with seattle 54 degrees and drizzling so not exactly uh, what the rams are used to while they're practicing but i don't see any major weather issues that will impact the games still I mean, it's still early fall. I can tell you in New York, in New Jersey area, where the three of us are located, it still feels like summer. It's humid as heck outside. It's supposed to be 80 degrees today. So we're, we're living it up for an extended summer right here. So, uh, Jim, we will start out with the injuries. Uh, I can tell you, you know, the bigger ones that we heard during the week <clears throat> and into this morning, Gio Bernard, who was a nice little play there while Mixon was out, is out two to four weeks with an MCL sprain. And then Dalvin Cook, it looks like in the last 24 hours, it's assumed that he is not going to play. He shouldn't have played on that Thursday night game, Jim, and now it's gotten worse. And, you know, finally making the right choice here. That You know, it was a bad choice last week with him dealing with that hamstring to put him in a game on a short week and get him involved. I thought it was a mistake right from the get-go. Finally, they're going to be smart, it looks like, and keep him out this week. Uh, they need to get him that rest. He needs to get that hamstring built back up. Uh, let's face it, if he's not 100% and playing behind that O-line, he's going to be disappointing all year. Yeah, Scott, between Cook and Fournette, you're very dialed into the Inside Injuries app and I'm talking to Dr. A, and you can listen to Dr. A or anybody from Inside Injuries. I believe he's on every Thursday with you, or is it every Friday with you on the morning Friday, show? Every Friday morning, every Friday morning. a.m. So there you go, 720 on Roto Experts in the morning, 720 Eastern, as Scott said. You can also listen on demand, and it's a really good way to get a sense of what you can expect from these players uh, both going into a week where they're slightly banged up or going into a week where they're out, but when can you expect them back? Dr. A has some really good analysis on that and gives you percentages of what you can expect. But between Fournette and Cook, these guys are now going to be gone for at least this week <clears throat> and maybe longer based on their the injury history with their hamstrings. <clears throat> yeah, you also could read it on uh, rotoexperts.com. Uh you know, click on our NFL tab and look for the inside injuries uh, roundup from Tuesday. They're saying Fournette could miss four or more weeks. That's brutal. That's brutal. Wow, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> that I mean, rough. it's a lot. It's going to be a lost season for the fantasy owners. And also, you're talking about Giovanni Bernard. We were talking about my lineup ranks. Uh, and it's already, even though, even though uh, Joe Mixon's not listed on the injury report, inside injury saying he's back two weeks too early, and the Bengals are already cautioning that they're not going to give him a heavy workload. So there you go. So what does that mean, Mark Walton? That means uh, maybe a timeshare with Mark Walton. Uh, I'm benching. I benched Nick 
Mixon. I could use him in uh in my running back of my flex spot. Uh, I'm using Philip Lindsay and Jordan Reed over him, but playing it safe. So, uh, all right. So we'll get into the injuries here in a second. Before you do that, I just want to let you know that we we appreciate you listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. On TuneIn Radio, on iHeartRadio, and a variety of terrestrial radio stations across the country. Thanks for spending your Sunday morning with us. Hope you're having fun, and we'll get to the, the news of the day here in a second. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, please do so at FNTSY Radio. Uh, I'll be on air for the next five hours. A little harder for me to tweet, but you can go to Scott Engel at Scott E Roto X. That's E X at the end, and then Jim Day at Fantasy Taz. That's T A Z at the end. Tweet at me at Mike Blewett. I'm happy to answer everything, but it's going to be a little harder. This morning to get to any specific questions, we'll we'll try to open up phone lines a little bit later in this show as well. But we got to get through Scotty's ranks here in a moment. So let's get through the as many injuries as we can here in the next few minutes. Uh, we talked about Cook being out, Fournette being out, uh, Bernard being out, Mixon possibly being limited. Uh, Randall Cobb is out again. Uh, Geronimo Allison. Uh, so Devonte Adams is going to play. Larry Fitzgerald is going to play. Geronimo Allison is that game to do I don't have an update on that I don't know if either of you guys have an update he was he's in not concussion expected protocol. to play so there you go so I don't think he was passed out of concussion protocol he's also dealing with a hamstring injury so Geronimo Allison not an option for you uh let's see keep going down the list we have oh here's one for you Lamar Miller is now uh they're pessimistic that Lamar Miller will be able to play versus Dallas this week yeah, pick up Alfred Blue this morning. So there you go, Alfred Blue, uh, a late morning pickup. Devontae Freeman back in your lineups after three weeks on the sideline, splitting uh, carries. Inside inside injuries is saying be very cautious on him. You know he's he's got he got the concussions. You know he's got the recurring hamstring injuries. Uh, there oh, I wouldn't feel confident at all. He'd have a limited load. <laughs> it's, you know he's not in my top twenty five at running back. This yeah, season. I don't think he could be. I just think it. For the Tevin Coleman owners, it's going to take away some market share. But if you're a Devonta Freeman owner, if you own Jordan Howard or Tariq Cohen and you're playing those guys, you might have to put them back in there. But I, I, as Scott just said, I don't think you could do it with any confidence. As uh, many of you know, Steelers have a good run defense, too. I mean, it's more well, like a funnel everything to yeah. the pass. But uh, I, would love know, to I, I don't that. think the Falcons are going to be able to run the ball today. I would love to think that the Steelers have a good rush defense, but it's the pass defense is so bad. They're just getting attacked that way. I wouldn't be surprised if Matty Ice uh, continues that. You're having a hope for some, some catches uh, from these running backs in order to boost their value. But um, no one ruled out for the Steelers, by the way, today in that game. Um, but here's so even more injuries to the Falcons defense. And I know... People sometimes say, why do you guys go over these injuries? They've already lost three guys basically for the year. Deion Jones, there's an opportunity for him to come back. We already know about Keanu, Deion, Ricardo Allen. Their third best defender is now out for the year, or is now out for this game, rather. Grady Jarrett. So any hopes they ever had of a pass rush going into this game has basically disappeared and it fall, or it falls on Vic Beasley's shoulders alone. So uh, Justin Bethel, Grady Jarrett, Derek Shelby all missing the game. So not only were they depleted in the back seven, but now the front four, Scott, they're missing two defensive linemen. Yeah, it's a real smash spot for uh, for James Conner today because not only to be able to run the ball, but you know the uh, the Falcon the Falcons just awful in in terms of you know allowing uh, uh, catches to opposing running back. So James Conner is uh, definitely like a top seven play at running back today. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I'm bouncing around a little bit here, but Jim, the Niners have seven questionable players today. Matt Breida, Marquise Goodwin, uh, two of their offensive linemen, Richard Sherman, Dante Pettis is ruled out. Um, so three of their offensive linemen, excuse me, are questionable. So you, you suspect a bunch of those guys will play, but a pretty banged up team. And Matt Breida, Marquise, Good, Marquise Goodwin has been a hard guy. He's been the guy who through this early part of the season and the loss of Jimmy Garoppolo, whose value has really plummeted, and we don't know how he's going to be used going forward. Yeah, no, it's absolutely hurting him, no doubt about it. Uh, Goodwin has you know, been hurt, uh, not getting as many targets as we'd like to see. And like you said, this offensive line is torn up. Uh, McClinchy, Richburg, all you know, very possibly not going to make the game, or if they do, they're hurting. Staley uh, not looking good. So this is going to be a tough game for the 49ers. Uh, you know, Cardinals offense hasn't done anything at all. This might be a game where they could actually put up some points. Derek Barnett and uh, Derek, Darren Sproles out for the Eagles. Corey Clement questionable. Last thing before we get hit the break. Center Travis Frederick out for the year for the Cowboys. Sean Lee is out tonight in Ter- wide receiver Terrence Williams out for the year for the Cowboys. Both IR him and Frederick. So we'll come back. We'll continue to talk about the injuries throughout the rest of the morning. But we kick it off after the break with Scott's QB rankings from rotoexperts.com. Join us after the break. We're here for the next two hours on Fantasy Sports Today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. I hope this is the original Sean Engel. We had this argument. Sounds like it. There we go. I thought so. We had a little debate here last week over. Safe to say, Jim's not seen Vanilla Ice in concert. (laughs) It's one of the greatest rock songs of all time. This one that's playing. So, um, thanks for joining us. It's game day edition of Fantasy Sports today. Of all time, did you just say that? I think this song is. Yeah, Yeah. he's entitled to his song, but it's not—it's not one of the greatest rock songs of all time. I think it is. It's Bowie and Freddie Mercury. It is. It is. It's totally (laughs) subjective. There's no right or wrong to this. Thank you, Scott. Uh, So is your opinion, Scott? It's totally (laughs) subjective. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, I think it is. I'm just a big Freddie Mercury, David Bowie fan. What, I what think can Deuce I say? is the greatest rock and roll of song of all time. Nobody's going to agree with me on that. Yeah, so you're right, fans. Uh, so, <laughs> so it is uh, the Fantasy Sports Today edition, a game day edition. So uh, thank you for joining us. Um, I, along with many of you, stayed up late watching baseball last night. Uh, my Yankees are victorious, so a nice little start uh, comeback here in this series. I don't know if you call it a comeback, but. Uh, they're doing okay uh, right now, playing pretty decent come back baseball. From what? They were down by just one game. Yeah, that's why. Right. That's why I sort of corrected myself. Uh, Jim, is that Ooh, a? Yankees. Is that to, oh, against the Yankees in general? I thought it might be a general baseball uh, strawberry. No, no, that was more there. towards the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, thanks for joining us this morning on this game day edition. We're going to get to the quarterbacks here in a second. Before we do, I want to let you know that if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports. 
but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. There's no more dealing with late lineup scratches and no experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. So go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon signup, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. And before we get to the to the quarterback situations, since I had a chance to look at Twitter in between the break. We've got a couple of loyal listeners that have some questions uh, for you. Steve G., a guy that listens to us all the time, he's, he termed the phrase yes. Jim, Jim Cardio and the Roto Experts. He says, good morning, gentlemen. Love your opinion. Picked up Chicago defense on the waiver wire, but dropped his waiver priority from 3 to 12. He was streaming a defense before that. Did he make a mistake? I love having a low waiver priority in case of an injury. But Chicago is so good. I'll throw it to Jim first. Hey, I think this is a brilliant move. Look, Chicago's number one fantasy defense in most scoring systems. Of course, there's so many different scoring systems. So let's stay with a basic defensive scoring system. They are number one. Uh, they're averaging about 22 points a game right now. So they're putting up real strong numbers. It's hard to fight against them. And they have some real nice matchups coming up. Uh, you know, the Dolphins after the bye. Okay, then they have the Patriots. But then after that, they have the Jets and the Bills and the Lions and the Vikings, all teams that they could have defense of success against uh, sacks-wise, you know, interceptions-wise. They have you know, six interceptions uh, and the fumble recovery the last two games alone. Absolutely a defense you want to go out and get. And I'm not worried about losing the waiver priority to get a top-scoring defense when they're actually doing it. Yeah, I love Steve, but two things here. Although I do like picking up Chicago, two things here. Steve, we haven't even wor- finished week five. Let's, let's not worry about our week six defense. And no one cares about dropping nine spots in your week in your week not, week six uh, waiver priority. I think I think you're really overthinking it. You made a nice move, and I, I don't see any reasons to second guess yourself twice. I totally agree, uh, and I think that it is a little bit more of a savvy move to look ahead when teams are on by and pick them up yeah, I'm okay when you have an opportunity. Ahead, but, so, uh, no, I'm saying kick yourself over. Yeah, from a from a strategy standpoint, I always think it's wise sometimes to pick up the guys that are about to be on by. People are uh, often uh, yeah. itchy to not do that because you're like, well, I'm, I'm wasting, I'm dropping, or I'm doing this to a team that's on a buy. I think you upgraded at defense, and you don't have to worry about it beyond that. So it's a good move. People uh, will cut guys who they're on a buy. That's right. You have to look out for that, too. I saw Taylor Gabriel available in a bunch of leagues this week, and while I would concede that that was probably his best week of the year last week, I still think he's valuable in that passing offense. Trubisky looks for him a lot. So I think you can, if you have somebody to ditch on your roster and Taylor Gabriel is out there, I would say to do it. Uh, it's always going to depend who you're cutting. So let's go to the other listener, Kelly Nixon. She needs one in a PPR league. Kelly. Mixon, drop the ball, Collins, or pick up Blue on waivers. So if she picks up Blue, Callaway, or An- if I pick up Blue, Callaway, or Anderson, help, need the W. 
She needs one in Mixon, uh, Collins, if, if she's gonna, or If she's going to cut Robbie Anderson, I'm all for it. Otherwise, I would cut Callaway. I would definitely pick up Alfred Blue and use him because uh, you know Mick, Mixon is hurting. Collins is in a timeshare, can't hang on to the ball. Doesn't look like Lamar Miller is going to play tonight. And you're talking about Alfred Blue you know, being the main touchdown guy and probably getting 20 carries against uh, defense that's missing Sean Lee. Jim, any any uh, thoughts there? Yeah, I, I don't know. I I, I, really, I do like mixing. I am concerned about the usage that Scotty had mentioned earlier, uh, but I do like this matchup against Miami, 29th against the opposing running backs so far in the season. Uh, you know, giving up a, a an average of 100 yards rushing a week. Uh, they've given up they've given up 30 receptions so far to the position and six total touchdowns. So I do like Mixon. I think even in a limited time, I think Mixon could put up good points in this game with Cincinnati being at home and their passing offense doing so well. So, I mean, I like Alfred Blue. He should get plenty of opportunity in this. And Dallas without Sean Lee, as Scott said, is definitely vulnerable. But it, it's just hard to really trust Blue coming in off the bench, basically having done not much of anything so far to come in and all of a sudden have a great game. I I just have a lot of problem with the trust there. I think you Yeah, both... I think we've seen Blue play well in relief before. Yeah. And my concern for Mixon, while, da- while Jim uh, notes that the matchup is really good, you know, two concerns. Like I said, inside injury says he's back two weeks too early. So there's concerns of a re-injury. And also, if this game get, uh, gets out of hand, which is a real possibility, they could sit Mixon for Joe Walton extensively. You know, you both made compelling points, and I'm not going to muck it up by choosing Alex Collins, so I'm going to choose between the two of you <laughs> um, and give Kelly a choice. And I'll say, and the Sean Lee point is really important, but I got to go with Joe Mixon on this one. It's close, and I think, Scott, your point is right on, but I got to make a choice and for the listeners, so we'll go with Joe Mixon on this one. Hopefully he gets it done before he pulls hurts his knee again and is out for four weeks. Uh, if you did pick up Alfred Blue, I think it's a good call, and I think we're all on board to cut Anderson. If it's Robbie Anderson or C.J. Anderson, I, I don't think it matters. I, I would keep Callaway. So, yeah. um, uh, all right, so let's get to Scott's rankings. You can find these on rotoexperts.com, the exclusive edge in-season package. Uh, Scott updated his rankings. Uh, he does it fluidly, so he just did them again this morning right before the show, and we'll kick it off with that high total game. Uh, Matt Ryan and Ben Roethlisberger, his top two quarterbacks. He has Ryan edging out Ben. That total has crept up to 58. The one thing we have seen throughout this season is that some of these higher totals, when they're set at 57, 56, they tend to push down during the week because people are afraid of that number. Has not happened here. It's actually gone up. It opened at 57 and a half and is now up to 58. Uh, no, it opened at 56 and a half. It's up to 58. So it's gone it's, up yeah, a point and a half. So, uh, so you got Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger there, both in primo matchups. Neither team can stop the pass. So, of course, this will be a you know 14 to 13 game for some odd reason. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I don't see any opportunity for that to happen. The low, it, this game's getting, the Steelers have an implied total of 30 which is hard to get to for Vegas. But Jared Goff comes in at number three. Scott really likes the Rams going up to Seattle today. Uh, Drew Brees at four. Tom Brady at number five. I think he justified that ranking. He got two hard luck interceptions the other night, too. So if you're a league where interceptions really bang you out, 
it's tough. I mean, it's an official scorer's call, but man, that was so not an interception. What happened with Gronk? It wasn't a perfect throw to Hogan, but Hogan basically tossed it to the defense. I don't really know what to do there. They weren't bad throws. One was a catch, and it just fell out of Gronk's hands and into the defender's hands. So he got an interception on that one. Kind of a bummer. But uh, Cam Newton comes in at number six. Uh, Phil Rivers at seven. Pat Mahomes at number eight. Pat Mahomes going up against a Jaguars defense, but we haven't seen him slowed down yet. Uh, on the Cam Newton thing, you got a nice floor here. I think he's going to be a pretty popular DFS play today, Scotty, because uh, you know you always have a floor with Cam, and the Giants are still missing Olivier Vernon, and they haven't shown an ability to uh, be a, a competent football team through four weeks. Yeah, and uh, you know, great cash game play, but just certainly some upside for in tournaments because you know not only are the Giants like last in the NFL in sacks tied with the Raiders. But also, you know, they give a lot of give up a lot of rushing yardage to the quarterback, so that that makes Cam the dual threat you want to have in DFS today. Uh, it's Jim, I'll continue, I'll just throw a couple more names: Andy Dalton at number nine, Kirk Cousins at number ten. Any guys that you like uh, in particular more than Scott, or that you would knock out of there? The inter- Cousins is an interesting one, and probably a you know a guy that you're going to start in your lineups, and it's probably a tournament play in DFS because what we saw against the Rams may very well repeat itself a little bit of a tougher defensive line even though Derek Barnett is out in Philly Uh, but we saw what happened with them Cook wasn't able to do much and now Cook isn't even playing here they're not gonna they're unlikely to bleed the clock with Latavius Murray so Cousins gonna put the ball up in the air a lot and Adam Thielen ends up becoming a, a primary target of his in a game like this no, I absolutely agree with that. I think this game, you know, Philly defense plays better at home, um, you know, and that's going to continue. I don't, I don't see that changing this week. Uh, definitely, you know, injuries are there. You're going to have to deal with it. But at home, they're definitely a better defense, much better against the run than the pass. Uh, but I expect them to put try and put pressure on Cousins as we've seen them do in the past. And I think, you know, Cousins is a, a guy that – they can get to that offensive line is not playing well. They're allowing a lot of QB pressures. Um, so it's going to come down to which one of these teams puts the ball in the air the most, I think, because I'm not expecting much from the Philly run game either. So Cousins, I, I think, is definitely a good play here, as is Wentz. And Wentz is probably one of the ones I want to talk about the most because Scotty has him down at number 17. I'm kind of interesting and interested in seeing that because I expect a little more out of Wentz this week than that. So let's pivot to that because I had a Andrew Luck. Well, well yeah, I got two questions here. Let's do the Luck-Wentz thing first, and I'll come back to Cousins because I have Andrew Luck and Carson Wentz on the same team. I've been carrying them both. I think it's fair to understand why. Both guys are hurt coming into the year. Luck with this passing volume is probably going to be the primary guy I'll use going forward, but you have games like this pop up. So um, what are your thoughts today, Scotty, on Wentz? I know you just like other guys more, but you have them a little bit further down here in a game where there could be some passing volume. I don't know how much passing volume there's going to be. Look, uh, the uh, the Minnesota pass rush has been disappointing, and I think that's hurt hurt the secondary. 
But uh, I feel like this defense is going to come back and play with some pride here and maybe keep the score down in this game. Uh, I don't know if I detect a lot of upside for Wentz in this game. Uh, again, the position is deep, and I can make a case for every 16 of the quarterbacks ahead of him just with better matchups or et cetera. You know, even Joe Flacco, Blake Bortles, Alex Smith, who are all right ahead of him. Uh, I, I, just, I just don't feel like the Philadelphia offense has quite hit its stride yet. So why do you think today is the day, Jim? I, I, I again at home, you know, playing at this point, they need to want to get into that above 50-50 column in the win-loss column. You know, Minnesota gave up a ton of yards and points to uh, the Rams last week. Uh, you know, I, I just think that Wentz is starting to wind into that Wentz we saw last year. Now he's got Alshon Jeffrey back. That's definitely a big play for him. Uh, Jeffrey's got a tough matchup today, but he's on the field. That definitely creates mismatches, gives Ertz a little bit more open field. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see Dallas Goddard back in the mix this week with Aguilar basically fading the last few weeks. So uh, we'll continue. Let me go back to the Kirk Cousins thing. You know what? I all right, we'll we'll bleed into the quarterbacks in the next one. But real quick, based on the way the season is going, Scott, with Cook being banged up and the offensive line being a probably even a bigger question mark than we thought going into the year, which we had some questions. Is this raising Kirk Cousins' value or is it throwing cold water on it because he is throwing, he is not attacking down the field perhaps as much as he might otherwise? Oh, well, it's, that that team is just going to be so pass-funnel heavy, though, because there is no running game. You know, who knows when Dalvin Cook's going to come back. And, you know, we've seen absolutely nothing from Latavius Murray. And he's got two terrific wide receivers. And, you know, that, that team, the pass-blocking is an issue. Uh, otherwise, he, he would be ranked higher. You know, he's going against a team today that's like has 14 sacks in his – you know, as uh, Daily Roto notes, uh, the the Vikings are twenty seventh in pass blocking, but he's going to sling it. He's going to continue to sling it, so he's going to be top ten every week. Uh, Jim, let's go through some of his other ranks real quick because I want to get to them. Aaron Rodgers all the way down at thirteen. Obviously, a very banged up receiving core. We know Cobb is out. Adams is banged up but playing, and uh, we've already said Allison is unlikely to play. Not officially ruled out, but we expect that he's a, a no go. So he's all the way down at 13, and then you have guys like Flacco and Bortles who are in really good matchups. Flacco's playing great. Bortles playing well, too. They get pushed all the way up into right near QB1 range, but uh, some guys there with good options. In fact, I'll be using Bortles. Every time I was going through DFS cash lineups, it kept up. It kept ended up being like a Jaguars stack, and I'm trying to avoid that, but Bortles is $7,000 on FanDuel, and against his Chiefs defense, he's got to be a good play today. Yeah, I like Bortles as well this week in DFS. It's hard to make a stack with Jacksonville, though. You just don't know which one of these receivers is going to be the one to step up on any given week. Last week it was Westbrook. A couple weeks ago it was uh, Keelan Cole. Yeah. You know, Dante Moncrief has been getting in the mix. So it's going to be really hard to tell which one is the preferred receiver every week. It's more because I kept Bortles. putting Yeldon in the flex. That was really what kept happening because he catches some passes, too. And, yeah, again, against this Kansas City defense, this is a game to stack. There's no doubt about it. If you hit the right stack, your, your, your cash games are going to be gold. Uh, you're going to be winning, you know, definitely more than you're going to be losing because Kansas City right now can't stop anybody. So I don't 
I don't blame people for stacking them, but uh, it's just really hard on the receiver end of which one is actually going to be the stack. How about the Aaron Rodgers thing? Uh, is this concern, Scott, over the receiving core? Hey, look, yeah, you I look like at the Aaron. The, sorry, let oh, Scott sorry. go first, Jim. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Uh, he said Scott, not Jim. Yeah. Uh, anyhow. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry, Mr. King. That that's okay, Mr. He's, you know he's an inaugural uh, Hall of Hall of Fame inductee, Jim. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's an inaugural look, something th- else too. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You get an inaugural punch <laughs> in the lip. All right. Well, we'll we, we can we can talk about yeah, Aaron we'll Rodgers. We'll do it after the back. break. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so we'll come back. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers, uh, Derek Carr, Deshaun Watson. All guys that are a little bit further down the list this week. It's Mike, Jim, and Scott. We'll be back on Fantasy Sports Today, the Game Day Edition. After this. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Welcome back. This is our ode to, Ken, is our ode to Kenny Galladay. Um, and we'll get to the quarterbacks again in a second. But first, Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests. It's a fun and a recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contests. And if you're out of your, if you're out of your Survivor pool already... Fantasy Factor's Second Chance Survivor Contest is now registering. So sign up today. Just go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. You get a chance to compete there. So uh, our friends that uh, tweeted at us have already, uh, one of them already picked up Alfred Blue and dropped Robbie Anderson. And then, uh, uh, so good stuff. We're already getting stuff done here. Let's get back to that quarterback discussion because we got to go right into running backs after that. You wanted to talk about Aaron Rodgers quickly. Yeah, the uh, the wide receiver crew is so depleted today. You know, I know the game has a high implied total. It's uh, one of three games over over fifty. His daily roto notes has been holding st- steady uh, at fifty one. But you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a three hundred yard game yet, and you know now he's down to you know m- maybe uh, you know Devontae Adams is not going to be at a hundred percent. You know, he's playing through a minor calf injury. Uh, Jimmy Graham is not good outside the 20s, probably his second target. And then down to a bunch of rookies after that, and they're going to have to force Ty Montgomery into the mix. So you know, I can't look at reputation. People say, I, I can't say right now Alan Rodgers is a must-start with a depleted receiving crew and you know some lingering injury concerns. Uh, totally understandable. The numbers for both guys, both quarterbacks here, and you have Stafford up at 11 right in front of Rodgers. So... Aaron Rodgers in 16 career games versus the Lions has 34 touchdown passes and six picks for a 109.4 rating. I believe it's the highest quarterback rating in NFL history for a quarterback against a an opponent um, with a certain minimum of games. Uh, he's seven one and one in his in his past nine in the division. Jim, this is crazy. Aaron Rodgers is seven one and one 
with 23 touchdowns and zero interceptions for a 117 rating. Uh, so he has torn up the division. I think Scott is right in that the receiving core is banged up. I just always feel like he finds a way, whether it's Ty Montgomery or two tight end sets or whatever. Uh, conversely, Matt Stafford, 1,416 passing yards with 10 picks and two interceptions for a 118 rating in their past four meetings. So these teams tend to throw it on each other, mainly because they have not had consistent rushing attacks. Uh, the Lions, though, uh, trying to get it done with Carrion Johnson today. We'll take a, take a look at his ranking in a minute. But uh, the rest of Scott's rankings on QBs, he's got Carr a little bit lower, who's an interesting tournament play because the Chargers have not been good defensively. Obviously, with Joey Bosa out, that pass rush has been virtually non-existent. It's really impacted that defense. So they have a decent implied total. You could have some touchdowns here from Derek Carr. Deshaun Watson a little bit further down the list. I could argue that, you know, I, I have a feeling about that game with the defenses that are banged up with the Cowboys. I think that total might push up a little bit higher. It's actually one of my best bets for the week. Um, it's a 46 and a half total. I think I, I'm taking the over on. I just expect that game to be a little bit higher scoring tonight. So I would probably have Watson a little bit higher, uh, but I understand why Scott is is muted on Watson to some extent. Yeah, I, I I don't see what I don't see it being high scoring. Uh, Dallas's defensive line is good. Deshaun Watson is you know his numbers have gotten better, but I think he's going to have trouble in the pocket tonight. Dallas really tends to slow things down, like we've said before. You know they're kind of a basketball team that just plays half court. Anything? Any last words on the QBs, uh, Jim? Well, no, I definitely you know I like. I want to go back to luck just for a quick second in the fact that, you know, most fantasy analysts have a hard time putting him outside the top 12, but that's where he belongs right now. Uh, I mean, Rogers, he's just not getting done. Hasn't thrown for 300 yards so far on the season. Uh, Probably going to be without two of his best three receivers. The other one's banged up. You know, it's going to be a a total mishmash. I'm not saying he can't put up big numbers, but right now, looking at all the data we have in front of us, it doesn't look like it should match up to be a great game for him. Uh, Detroit has done a really good job of – they've allowed the second fewing – fewest passing yards in per game at 171.8. So they're they're not a, a total train wreck when it comes to defense. Uh, they are allowing a pretty good 7.9 yards per attempt, though. So it, it's going to really come down to which one of these tools Rodgers can use, find comfort with, and use comfortably to really push him up. But I like the fact that Scott put him outside the top 12. I, I think that's a, a right call this week. Okay, so I got praise this week, and uh, after last week, he ripped me for not including Ryan Tannehill in my top 20. True. I don't think he finished And that's why I don't 26. give you praise. Didn't, didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Went to his head. Uh, you pat him on the back, he'll, uh, he'll call you out on it. So let's go to the running backs. Uh, Todd Gurley in at number one. Melvin Gordon in at number two. Kamara at number three. Keep in mind, he's playing on Monday night. Zeke Elliott comes in at number four. Chris McCaffrey comes in at number five. McCaffrey going to be a very popular DFS play because... Pricing is very tight in DFS this week, meaning that it's difficult to put lineups together because some of the expected chalk is expensive. Um, I just want to walk people through that to make sure they know what I'm talking about. But ultimately, it gets a little bit harder to put some of the your DFS lineups together simply because the quarterbacks that we're expecting good totals out of are expensive and 
Matt Ryan, whose total is pushed up. The running backs you're expecting big totals out of are Gurley and Gordon, and they're very expensive as well. So it gets the pricing gets tight, meaning you can't just have – there's not a bunch of chalk like there was last week. Last week you could build lineups with Kamara, who is expensive, but then Sterling Shepard and Geo were also locks in your DFS lineups. All three delivered. It's why you saw extremely high totals to cash last week. But um, if you used Breeze, you know, pricing got a little tighter. It was a little – the fact that Geo and Shepard were not as high-priced made pricing a little bit looser. Does that, did I make sense of that? Uh, I'm stumbling over my words, but I just want to make sure people know what I mean. So pricing is very tight this week, and Chris McCaffrey is a nice pivot off of Gurley and Gordon, who are very high-priced. Saquon Barkley comes in at number six. James Conner, another – guy whose pricing is a little bit looser, a little bit depressed from the top guys on DFS. I think Connor, as Scott mentioned earlier, uh, could be a, is going to be a lock for a lot of lineups. Chalky pick again for James Connor. He just sees good vol- volume, particularly in the passing game where Atlanta is giving up basically, Jim, a record-breaking amount of pass receptions to running backs. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, so far they've given up 42 42- receptions to running backs for 310 yards uh definitely uh, at this point they're pretty close to they they've given up more receptions to running backs than a few teams have given up to wide receivers yeah so uh it gives you a sense there that james connor is going to be a really good play today so uh we keep going down the list tj yeldon comes in at number eight so to scott's to our point about injuries we've been talking about all morning again these are ppr rankings i should let you know that you can when you go to rotoexperts.com exclusive edge package scott has both standard and ppr rankings simple drop down for you to see them tj yeldon comes in at number eight marshawn lynch at nine and kareem hunt at 10 so a couple of guys there with good matchups in yeldon and lynch scott and then hunt going up against the jaguars defense where people not may not feel as confident but you still have him here in the top 10 yeah you know if if they're stuffing the run and they're not letting things downfield he could be throwing them out to the backfield and look look you know hunt is still producing fantasy numbers with a solid floor every week that there are less questions about him. The matchup is a question, but he's still going to be involved, and this team's still going to get near the goal line stripe where he's going to have opportunities to punch it in. Jim, thoughts there on any of those three, the uh, Yeldon, Hunt, or Marshawn Lynch, because we have not seen Yeldon and Lynch, obviously, in this uh, rarefied area yet this season. No, I, I love the call on Lynch. I, I love this matchup for him today. Uh, you know, he's getting double-digit points in, in every game. He's gotten 18 carries in the last three games. We saw him go off last week, 130 yards. Didn't get in the end zone for the first time in the year, but actually should have. A bad ref call uh, blew him dead before he actually had a chance to break away from the defense. He would have scored on that play. So, you know, he's really playing hard right now. He's getting the bulk of the carries. He is definitely there that team's bell cow back if you want to use that term anymore but he is that for for oakland and he's got a real nice matchup against the chargers so we keep going chris thompson comes in at number 11 another uh example of a ppr back in a good matchup tomorrow night against new orleans so you have him where did you put adrian peterson here let me take a look down way down (laughs) like 26 (laughs) Yeah. Even though it's yes. a revenge game, uh, yeah, I'm not using them. 
So you have Chris Thompson uh, going up, obviously really good pass catcher there. You have him attacking the New Orleans defense. Sony Michelle you had in at number 12. He had a nice game the other night. David Johnson is uh, interesting. He comes here at number 13. But last week we saw a little bit of progress in the offense in general, Jim, and for David Johnson's numbers. So uh, he goes up here against San Francisco. I mentioned much of the team is banged up, but maybe this is a time to use David Johnson. And I would say in DFS, it really is a time to use David Johnson because his price is all the way down at $7,000. I'll have to check it on DraftKings, but he's a particularly low price on DraftKings. 6,300. That's right. That's the number. 6,300 on DraftKings. Very friendly flex on DraftKings. Exactly right. So for when I was talking about the tight pricing, you can take a guy like David Johnson where there's some risk because of the offense not being great, but... I always say this, at some point, when a talented player on DFS gets down to a price that you're like, how is that possible? Just play him, because he's probably going to bounce back. We do think that there's some concern for this being the Todd Gurley 2016 season, not a lost season, but an inefficient season, because the offense isn't great. But Jim, this is a time to obviously keep David Johnson in your seasonal lineups, but maybe attack him uh, on DraftKings. No, absolutely. You want to get him involved in this matchup. Look, San Francisco's already allowed, uh, you know, 35. We talked about the receptions Atlanta's given up. Well, San Francisco's right behind them. They've given up 35 receptions to running backs as well. So I expect them to absolutely get David Johnson highly involved in this game. They, they need to. If they don't, the coach needs to change because this is, you know, a presentable to all of us we're all looking at the same numbers the same stats and there's no reason in the world not to get david johnson highly involved in this offense and and take some of the pressure off josh rosen so i expect that to happen this week even in san francisco like you said they're a little banged up as well so david johnson i think is a must play this week and a damn fine start dfs so uh jim sent me over some notes during the break i forgot to mention Matt Breida, and that's Will Fuller, just reported expected to play Kiki Kuti, who I picked up everywhere uh, after last week's performance. So I think he'll just be an extension of their running game. Is a game-time decision. So it would have to make you uh, hesitant to play him at all. If he's a game-time decision, how much can he get through during the game? He was hurt all season, comes back for the one game, explodes on the scene, and might be sidelined yet again. So... Um, Richard Sherman, we're talking about the Niners right now. Uh, Richard Sherman is expected to play. Hayden Hurst, tight end for the Ravens, expected to play. So I know these are out of the position rankings that we're talking about, but try to update you as we get this information. So uh, going back through the rankings, David Johnson, uh, there's a whole bunch of guys here that I'm going to list off that are solid tournament plays for some of the reasons that we've mentioned throughout, pass catching ability or uh, workload issues. Uh, Austin Eckler, Matt Breida, you had James White in there, Dion Lewis, Philip Lindsay, a whole bunch of them with pretty good matchups, even though they share the ball, especially in the cases of like Chris Thompson, Austin Eckler, and Philip Lindsay. Scott has them all right here, firmly in like that mid RB2 conversation, Jim. Yeah, no, and you know, look. Pass catching backs are worth their weight in gold in PPR leagues. You you want those backs a lot of times over the the starting backs that are mainly the early down backs, maybe even the goal line backs, because they really 
need those touchdowns to score. And we're not seeing a lot of bell cow backs this, this year. We're seeing, you know, we're not seeing too many running backs getting 20 touches a game, 25 touches a game like we've seen in the past. So that really hurts him. That really brings up the value of these fast catching backs. And absolutely, these are guys that are getting involved, uh, scoring you fantasy points every time they touch the ball, which is not the same the same can't be said for just pure runners. Yeah, Deion Lewis you have down at 17. He has 130-plus yard, scrimmage yards and a touchdown two of his past three meetings against the Bills today. Derrick Henry has 454 rushing yards in fourth quarter since 2017, second most in the NFL. You have Derrick Henry down all the way at 39. He's the one guy I've been thinking about. He doesn't project particularly well but i wonder if the titans got in front scott could derrick henry just provide some value for you that he hasn't been able to thus far this season uh it's it looks like a good matchup but you know there's there's really no floor there you know there's like so i think it's a very risky play um, so uh, we already talked about chris mccaffrey a few other, but i think what the one thing i would say about these running back um rankings is it is really indicative of what jim just said scott where a bunch of the bell cow backs have gotten banged up certain teams that we thought there might be a leader in carries guys either gotten hurt or they're sharing the ball and look at your rb2s this week even your rb1s chris thompson sony michelle austin eckler matt Breida, james white Dion lewis philip Lindsay, naeem hines Royce Freeman, these are all RB1s and 2s. And the guy I wanted to focus on next is Mark Ingram. So what kind of a workload do you expect for Mark Ingram this week, Scott? Uh, You know, maybe about 10, 11 carries, uh, but could get in the end zone. Uh, yeah, but maybe more like 11 to 14, you know, something something like that. They'll work them back in, but, you know, they need to start easing the workload of it, uh, on Vinette, you know, before they – I'm sorry, the workload on uh, on Alvin Kamara before, you know, they, they run them into the ground pretty much. So, Jim, 10 to 12 touches enough to get Mark Ingram in that RB2 conversation? Uh, it's really going to be tight. Uh, like Scott says, you know, he'll get maybe one, two – Fast catches involved in there that gives him a little bit extra, uh, but they're really I don't see them giving him more than 15 touches in this game. Washington's defense is pretty good, uh, you know, not as great against the run as they are against the pass, but they've only given up two rushing touchdowns on the season, uh, averaging less than 100 yards a game. Uh, that way so it really comes down to whether or not they get ingram a few more catches if they don't then he's going to be totally relying on getting in the end zone which is of course possible with this new orleans offense uh playing you know pretty well right now passing the ball pretty well except for against the giants last week who while you you are negative against the whole giants team the giants defense has actually played pretty well shut down breeze and michael thomas last week i'm just saying yeah no they did i think it's fair drew breeze was kind of a dud in points DFS. Did they give up last week they gave it all up to alvin kamara on the ground i'm not going to bitch yeah. about that but they sure shut down a great passing offense they did so they uh, still gave bu- up a lot of points bunch of other guys in the rb2 conversation alfred blue joe mixon devonta freeman adrian peterson Tim coleman are all together i play coleman in front of freeman we'll be back for hour number two after this